and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the podcast where, just like our title heroes, we plunge down a pipe into cinema's sewer, taking a deep dive and bringing you the very biggest turds that we can find. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Howdy. And, yeah, we really do have a turd for you this episode. Um... Do you want to introduce this one, dude? I mean, you brought it to my attention. So. Yeah, I'll um, I'll introduce this one. Um, I found this one entirely by accident. There was um, an, a, a review on Facebook from one of the newspapers. I follow quite a lot of the UK papers um, on Facebook just to get some headlines and shit. Um, and there was a question posed, is this the worst film ever made? And I thought, oh, it can't be that bad. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be something about it. So I read, I, I read what it was about and wasn't sure if it was serious or not so i went to amazon and i watched the trailer and oh dear christ so immediately passed it on so we need to watch this film because it could quite possibly be the worst thing we will ever see and it's yeah yeah. i took one look at the trailer and knew instantly that we had to watch this yeah definitely. Um, we Um, are we are talking about lokisha by the way yeah, so Loquisha, um, it's a 2019 uh, film, so it's the, the most recent one we've done. Um, and I, I've got to be honest, I watched, it, I read the review, which I, I don't normally do, I normally hate reviews um, because I'd rather make my own mind up. Um, so I, I read this review and I thought, right, I've got to see the trailer because it can't be as bad as it sounds. And so I watched the trailer and I thought, there's two ways this can go. Either this is some lower middle class white bloke having serious straight pride issues because he can't get a job because of all the black people or this guy is really hammering home a point about how stupid those fuckers are yeah yeah and i I, I thought i'll give the trailer the benefit of the doubt so we'll we'll give the film a look and i just yeah fuck man um look i i Um, i felt the same in watching the trailer i was like you know this looks horrible, but without watching the film entirely and taking all of this in con- in context, there is the possibility that this guy's trying to be satirical here. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I, the thing I sort of sprang to mind was when we looked at Rubber. Yes. Um, I think there, no, there may be an element of that in here, and I, if there is, I can't find it. I mean, you, you said just now in your introduction that um, you sort of wasn't sure if it was supposed to be serious or not, or if he was taking it seriously, words to that effect, that was minutes ago, so it's gone from my goldfish brain. Um, (laughs) But you said something to that effect, and and now having watched the film, I still don't know if he's serious or not. There are times where it feels like he's trying to make a point, and then there are times where it's just, so misguided it's yeah. untrue um this I mean, is even if he is trying to make a point it's i don't know what the point is because there are so many things what? that are touched upon in a really bad I, way um obviously i've got pages and pages of notes as, as we <laughs> normally do um i've practically written a book on this fucking thing um well but, let's publish the fucking thing yeah but my my primary takeaway from it and and my last note that i wrote more or less is i don't actually know what this film's about I, I, I don't know what this is about. It's about nothing. He's not writing about anything. They they attempt to shoehorn some meaning in as a 
it feels like a last minute kind of thing right towards the end when we're like deep 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 into act three yeah but the work hasn't been put in in act one so i i i don't know what this film is about i have no idea i feel like it's 90 odd minutes of my life that i i've just wasted because i'll try and commit them to a black hole somewhere to be honest so yeah Oh. I mean, I, I've got to be honest, there, there are points in it, and the, the reason I said that the, the film doesn't know what it is, it doesn't know what the point, I don't know what the point they were trying to make is, there are so many um, throwaway lines where, oh no, the the, the, so the, 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 the big theme they're talking about is of gender inequality and, and sort of unemployment, stuff like that, and that's kind of you know, really heavy-handed to a point where, again, it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. But then there's, there are barbs at politicians, there are barbs at... Um, culture surrounding uh, mental health and stuff like that. If you want to make a point, make it, but stick to one. Yeah. Don't try and shoehorn them all into very poor one-liners yeah. just, to, just to get them in the film. At least if try and be eloquent about it. Yeah, if you've got that much to say, make more than one film. Uh, yeah, or, or please, please uh, don't make any more films yeah, if absolutely. you're listening. And, and look, the, the, it's very rare that you will hear me rag on an indie film um, with with any kind of malice. Um, I've said several times on this podcast, you know, even the big budget stuff that that we look at, you know, making a film is hard. And, you know, all of these things that we look at, you know, people are hanging their balls out there to dry every time they decide that they're going to create these films. It's hard work. And, you know, especially with indie, it's hard work with little to no promise of reward. So the fact that this thing got made generally i would say is something to be celebrated everyone involved should get a pat on the back and be pleased that they finished and they birthed this thing and brought it into the world for people to consume um nobody here should be proud of anything this film is fucking awful absolutely abysmal and and i really want to find some nice things to say about it again just because it is indie you know and it is painfully low budget um noticeably so in a lot of places um and yeah. so i really want to support it i'm a firm believer in supporting small filmmakers hell i am one so you know i don't want to rag on other people but jesus this is just so bad it's it has no redeeming features no i mean there's nothing um no, we'll, we'll get into the detail of the film but there's none of the characters have any sort of charm. There's nothing. They're all more or less selfish dickwads. Yeah, especially our lead. I mean, yeah, we should probably get into it and break the story down. But yeah. just really, especially our lead, Joe. He is. I mean, it's one of the notes that I've written down. He is just entirely unlikable. He's a complete and utter prick. Um, he is. I, and everything, oh. everything. Even though he's no, he's supposed to be our lead. He's supposed to be our hero. All of his actions are entirely selfish. Yeah, he's an he's an absolute prick, and he there is some sort of attempt, I think, to have him grow throughout the the screenplay, but he doesn't at all. As I say, they shoot on no. a point in at the end, so he's a dick. Um, the dialogue is awful. The writing is abysmal. Oh, the performances yeah. are terrible. The audio. I mean, I'm list, I was listening through headphones, so. That's always going to show up bad audio, unfortunately. But it is exceptionally bad. Um, that 
the wild tracks drop in and out the music levels yeah. go up and down like they haven't been normalized they use horrendous stock music that doesn't fit the tone of the scene that they're going for at yeah. least if you're gonna look there's nothing wrong with using stock music i've used a hell of a lot of it myself in my time but pick something that helps convey the mood that you're going for and adds to the scene rather than yeah. completely distract you um about the only thing i will say for it is it is fairly well lit and shot i will give it that um <laughs> although, although again i mean the, so the way it's the way it's visually put together there was quite a lot of stock footage right at the beginning and when it starts you get this god-awful font pops up in the middle of the screen announcing them is it jeremy savile i keep on calling jimmy savile but that would be harsh even for, for this guy um so yeah his name pops up and then the name of the film pops up and it looks like somebody's done it in fucking publisher yes it you know they've picked the most boring yeah, font it looks cheap and nasty but look here's the thing um as as i say as both of us you know we we did a project together and and as a team if you like that's been through that i'm sure you'll remember my my thing every time we showed up on set was look it can look like shit for all i care but we know we've got a good script we just need good mm. audio and good performances and everything else will be forgiven if your lighting's a bit off it doesn't really matter as long as you can see what's going on if your camera's a bit wobbly or you know your, your compositions are a bit shocking in places hmm. um look it doesn't matter the main thing is you need to be able to tell your story well and to do that you need good performances a good script and you need to be able to hear what's going on and this falls down in all of those three key areas <laughs> and it excels in the areas that doesn't matter it's uh it's just so bass backwards um yeah, it, it is. Um, and that reason I was thinking of that is um, you're talking about the stock audio. And obviously they picked up some stock footage of, is it Detroit they're in? Fuck knows. I think. I'm sure it's Detroit. Um, but yeah, they, um, they, they get some some stock footage of a baseball ground and it's a cityscape and some suburbs. But you could be anywhere. In which case, what's the point in paying for that? Unless you're from that city, you would not know what the fuck it is. Yeah. It could be anywhere USA. And it doesn't matter. It could be anywhere USA because it's not part of the story. Yeah, it's... it's we don't need to know no, where it, he is, it, so what's the really point in that? It doesn't matter. The city adds nothing. It adds no character. Um, no. I mean, especially seeing the whole the whole sort of globalisation of it, it becomes that it's... They're looking to become... A, throughout the film, it's to make it a syndicated show, so it goes national anyway. So it really doesn't matter where it's at. No, it really doesn't. I mean, look, we're jumping all over its dick already. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to smash its dick into the ground until it's a bloody stump, if I'm perfectly honest, over the course of this podcast. But let's at least uh, let's at least bring the listeners in here and, and recount as best we can what story there is. Um, yeah, before we start on that, I'm just going to say one of the notes I've written is that I want to punch this guy in the dick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You punch him in the dick and I'll stomp it into the ground. Um, look, listeners, what we always say... and. I'm sorry because you've probably already seen what we're watching and tracked it down, um, and and we always say give these things a watch and you know have a laugh along with us at, at how bad they are. If you haven't watched this already, um, please don't don't support this guy. Yeah, save don't yourself. give him your money, um, and just look. If you even if you don't want to listen to this episode because you're not going to watch it, I guess that's okay. Like, look, trust me. I'm doing you a solid here. Don't waste 90 minutes of your life on this fucking horse shit. Um, please and don't. On top of that, 
I mean, on top of that, if you have watched it, if you are playing along at home, I'm sorry. Yeah, this one's all on Mark. Like, <laughs> this, like he sent it to me, uh, so I would not have known this film existed. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we can all hold Mark accountable together and point the finger of blame directly at him. Mark, you're wearing the bell of shame for the next month. Um, yeah, what else yeah. is new? But, I mean, look, if you've guys, if you've watched this already, then we're sorry. Um, but hey, listen along as we jump all over its dick, I guess. If you haven't, yeah, uh, let us recount it for you. I guarantee we will be more entertaining over the course of the next hour than this film is ever going to be. Even to be if fair, this is the worst it, podcast we ever record. Yeah, to be fair, I, th- I think so. No, syphilis or uh, no, end stage cancer is probably more entertaining than this piece of shit. Yeah, pretty much anything. Um, okay, so fucking hell, where do we start? Um, well, let's 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 go through it. Let's start at the beginning. Okay, I yeah, mean, let, let's not start... let's not. Yeah, no, okay, let's let's go through it a bit, a bit at a time. Then I was going to throw it straight yeah. out there just so that everybody understands just what this film is but no let's bring them in slowly so they can experience the full force of the I'll shock think. um <laughs> yeah um so i mean it's, it starts off and you you're in you, you're in this bar it's a really which again, has um, one we, patron we, by the way in its establishing yes. shot uh, oh no two there's one yeah, at the bar the and one sat and at a table the one regular down yeah. the end now again yeah. As as somebody that's had to fill a bar for a low budget indie film, it's difficult to do, but you can shoot it in such a way that it looks much fuller than it is. You can light it yeah. in a way so that you hide the darkest corners of the bar, and you can use a wild track to suggest that there are more people in there than there are. They do none of those things here. They're just like here's no. a really well lit bar with almost total silence behind the scene and there are two people in it fill your boots yeah so, yeah um, so you get you, you get joe who's our, our main character um talking to some guy or li- listening to some guy rather who's talking about how shit his life is and how much he hates everything and joe sort of cuts him off and gives him gives him a bit of wisdom which isn't really that wise it's just kind of common sense and this guy all of a sudden is a dick pricks up and he's going it's unbelievable in it he, he has up. this whole revelatory moment just because a bartender's From giving nothing, him some, yeah it comes out of nowhere a bartender's giving him some shitty advice and yeah, all of a sudden it's like the wisdom of the sages like it's turned his fucking life around yeah like i can't remember what he said neither can um, i and i don't I, want to revisit to yeah, find i don't out. want to but i was too busy scribbling about how bad this film is already i've written already jesus yeah. christ this cast is fucking awful <laughs> Yeah, um, and I mean, yeah. So you get this, and it's it was some really crappy advice. But this it's like a light bulb was on for this guy because obviously, you know, this is this is what we find out is Joe's superpower. He can talk to people. Whoop de fucking do. Um, and yeah, and this guy decides he's going to go home and no, fuck his wife or wherever it's going to be. That no, he's going to go home and, ch- and turn his life around. Great, fantastic. So we found out that you no, know, Joe's superpower is sitting in a really dingy bar that looks fucking horrible and is empty because there's nobody there. And his superpower is he can talk to people and li- he listens to what they're saying. Because they're drunk, they don't realize they've already said it. So when he repeats it back to them, it sounds wise. Ah, but he also affects an impersonation of fucking... Is it the Dalai Lama or Gandhi? I've forgotten already. 
Oh, that, that that comes up in a minute. That's 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 it. That's, that's when, offensive uh, moment number what, one. Number one of about six billion. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So so this this guy um, no, has his epiphany and buggers off, and then in walks. I can't even remember her Rachel, name. Rachel, isn't she was it? Just, Yes, that's right. She's Rachel, and his ex-wife is Cindy. That's right. I've got the list in front of me. I couldn't remember which one's which. So in walks Rachel, who is a poor man, Zoe Saldana, who made up to look as glamorous as she can to go into this shitty dive bar that nobody goes yeah. to. Again, know your audience. Know who you know. Know what you're pitching for. Yeah. Now, this this woman who is seeing, you know, she comes in and she's dressed very well. She's dressed very professionally. It seems to be the end of the day. She comes in. Rags on all men everywhere because you know, we're all do- we're all dogs, we're all assholes, we're all liars. Yeah, fine, thanks for that, bitch. Um, and in comes Joe again, and basically calls her out for being a hypocrite because she's all men. Are, all men are assholes, but you're enabling yeah. them to be an asshole, so it's your fault too. You're the asshole. No. Okay, I get the I get the sentiment, but that's that smacks of the guy who's been in the friend zone far too long and is really he's bitter. bitter yeah, about he's just it. a bitter prick. Full stop. But. I mean, the one thing that's evident already, and we're maybe two, two and a half minutes in at this point, um, this film is so fucking overwritten. Like, the amount... Yes. I mean, look, and we we write stuff that's wordy, to be fair, but <laughs> this is so fucking wordy. It's like, why... Well, I say we, I... I you tend to be wordier than me, but but both of us can be quite wordy. I I tend to err on the side of caution here, and I will take the approach that you know why use ten words when you can use two as long as they're effective. Um, yeah, whereas I use yeah, them 50. but generally at least they're funny. Uh, well, that's that's not the case here at all. People are talking in these huge soliloquies. Yes, but every. Every um, scene has at least one. It's, it's it's like a very 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 poor attempt to be Kevin Smith is what it is. Yes, uh, but Kevin Smith is I've, both I've funny and charming. Well. This is neither. Yeah, this this is a guy who's gone. I've who's, who's seen a lot of that type of movies with the Kevin Smith, the Judd Apatow, the Richard Linklater type stuff. Going, I can do that. Let's get a thesaurus out and see how many big words I know. Yes, and it is. It's so overwritten. It's unbelievable. Like people don't talk the way that he talks in this like the, the difference no. there with a, with a Kevin Smith is that he writes as he talks so at least that all sounds natural the same with us I write yeah. in my accent I don't write in an American accent I write in a Welsh accent and I don't use flowery language I use the language of the this is going to sound like such a horrible thing to say the language of the streets around me not that I'm particularly ghetto but you know I use I use normal language so it sounds authentic. This doesn't. Bartenders, I've certainly never met a bartender that talks this much, let alone talks like this. And drunks, hell no. Like especially as drunk as these people are, they can barely string two fucking sentences together in real life, but all of a sudden they're going off on these fucking verbose diatribes. It's awful. Awful, awful, awful it's writing. Absolutely insane. Um absolutely yeah. insane. Anyway, back to the story um yeah um i think story is probably better so so this kind. is where we get the bad kind of indian accent isn't it is at this point yeah like, so oh. yeah so um rachel is ragging on all men and saying they're all liars and um, he does uh, a, a very bad gandhi impression where he's lying to his wife because he's been on hunger strike again and he's trying to convince her that he's eating because he doesn't want to eat her cooking yeah now it's bad enough that he affects a cod indian accent to do this 
Yeah. It is worse that he then starts taking a jibe about how he doesn't like her curry and lentils. For yes, fuck's that's sake. all Indian people eat. Yeah. Like, already, we're not even five minutes in. And already, this is... Like, I guess you're going for humour. Um, it's not funny. It's just fucking offensive. Uh, and, and that yeah. comes from, from somebody... Like, my my threshold for being offended is very, <laughs> very high. Very fucking high. Believe me. Um, I, you know, I can I can spot when things are distasteful, but most of the time I tend to find it reasonably funny as long as it's handled well. This is just disgusting. Like, no, I mean, this is horrible. And th- this is the sort of thing you can imagine some dickhead in a group who nobody really likes, but they put up with doing in a pub. And everyone's going, oh, for fuck's sake, just shut up, you twat. Yeah, the, the difference is, I'm sure he's going for humour, but it's coming off as hateful. It is coming off yes. as this, as you say, this kind of seething underbelly of rage that yes. he's pissed off at the world, and so he'll take these pot shots at people other than him. Um, and that's not charming, not funny, and just no. not acceptable. Um, no, that's right. And I mean, that, that, that comes up time and time again throughout the film, and no, not... I think this is the only um, uh, offensive to Indians um, piece, but no, there are shots at black men, at, at black women. There are shots at white men. There are no, there are shots. It's basically any any it's, grouping you can think of. But any and, minority grouping is the key here. He yeah, very specifically and, targets minorities. Um, whether that is a conscious decision or whether that's just because he finds that easy and thinks that it will be funny, I don't know. I don't know, I'm not sure. I mean, I think that there's a scene, um, which we'll get to, um, it's not that far in, but um, there's a scene where he bas- where a white man calls the radio show and calls Loquisha racist and says she knows nothing about being a white man, which obviously that's the joke because Loquisha is a white man. But I think I think part of the, the rationale behind that scene is that I'm doing. I'm doing the Family Guy approach. I can offend everybody, and therefore I'm not offending anybody. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But work. it doesn't quite pan out because you, you, and... you actually. It's actually a very skillful thing to pull that off because. Yes. Yes, you you take shots at everyone equally, and I get that. You know, as you say, Family Guy and South Park are very good at doing it, but they're also always very aware of where the line is, and they stand directly on it. They never cross it. Ever. Yeah. There is a line, and doing a bad accent and reaching for cultural stereotypes like curry and lentils, not cool. No. Not cool and not funny at all. Um, just, just horrible. Just horrible. And what's even worse here is the fucking audio. Seriously. It's yeah. abysmal. You can hear every single cut happen. It's absolutely abysmal. Um, yeah, no, I, I watched, I had it on the TV. Um, we were watching it together. Um, we were going to have a guest, but uh, Tori didn't finish the film, so I said she can't come on. She hasn't seen the whole thing and suffered as much as we have. Um, but we were watching it on the TV, and our TV does this weird thing whereby um, the dialogue is all, or the voices are always quiet, and the background noise, the effects, the music is always really loud, and I can't for the fucking life of me work out what the problem is. So that just made it worse because you heard every crack and every pop. Anytime you, you know, anytime, a, a, anytime there was a, a yeah. cut on on camera, they cut the audio track as well. So rather than having one audio track running over and trying to and trying to um, trying to sync it, they just got well, no, that's the audio for that shot, so it's got to go with that. Yeah. And it just it's oh, horrendous. Fuck. And there's no 
well, there is a wild track, but it's not mixed properly, so that cuts back and forth as well. You can hear audio looping, you can hear overdubs. Um, yeah. There's a particularly bad one, which I'll point out when we get to it. Um, yeah, it's horrible. And what is also horrible um, while we're on this, and, and it's noticeable in this next scene where he first goes to see his wife, um, oh. the, the edit is terrible. The, the pace of the cuts is just... You could drive a bus through them, and yeah. th- this is somebody that has been to film school, and I say that as somebody who has a master's degree in film, but this is somebody that's been to film school and been taught how to edit properly, and they are afraid mm. to stray from that. Like, every yeah. cut gives you that little bit of breathing room just so you can understand what's going on and where the characters are and what the space is like. And okay, yes, fucking 30 years ago when you were working with film, you needed to edit like that and we were used to that as an audience. Yeah. It's not that world anymore and your cuts need to be tighter. Like, I don't need to wait a second for somebody to start speaking when you cut into a scene. That just makes this look like a TV drama because it yeah. looks like you're doing multi-camera shots live like it's yeah. fucking awful tighten your edit and again i speak from experience you know the first the first cut of our film which probably had well i can almost certainly say had less of a budget than this the first cut came in at <laughs> just shy of a hundred minutes um after yeah. removing a few scenes but more importantly after tightening every edit to within an inch of its life after my first test screening which is this was picked up in that after tightening every edit to within an inch of his life it came in at like just over 80 like that's how tight you can get this down and it flows much better because of it and so would this it would still be a bad film it would still but it would probably place, only be about 70 minutes so yeah it's I, I think that it is i mean i think the like the point you made about you, know, you get that no, with that extra second you get the time to digest the scene digest what's going on I could have a fucking hour between shots. I yeah. still wouldn't bastard. And, and you know, I, I, again, that would be fine if we were in this kind of slow boil, tense drama or something, or, or this was yeah. a 70s political thriller or, or, or something like that, where we wanted to create tension and mood in a scene. But this isn't that at all. It's a fucking third rate fucking Martin Lawrence comedy is what it is. Um, yes, that's... just without the uh, without the the, um, the budget for latex. Well, yeah, without the budget for the latex, and without the comedy. And when you've got less comedy than a Martin Lawrence film, like you're fucking struggling there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the cuts are horrible too, but that's just technicalities. Now I'm p- I'm picking holes in the technicalities, which, as I say, I I hate to do, but seriously, like Godspeed anyone that wants to try making a film, but at least try and it feels like these guys just aren't trying yeah. you know it, it feels like they literally finished the film and went yeah that'll do yeah it's done and, and again I, I, I get to a point where it, it's a labour of love it's taken out because it's an indie there's no we get to some work around you know, our day jobs and our lives and all the rest of it and fit down and film it with what money you had and all the rest of it and you do get to that point where you think thank god it's done it's finished. I can put it to bed. Yeah, you do. And I don't have to. I don't have to do it anymore. You do. But but you, you know you live. You, you need to stand. You need to have a product you can stand. Of course by. you do. In this, of course you do. I don't think. No. It's otherwise, there. why are you doing it? You know, you do. You you live, eat, sleep, and breathe that film. In our case, for fucking hell, nearly five years. Really? Total, yeah. start to finish, and and you really do. And 
you know, the point is that, yeah, eventually you do have to let it go. You have to say, okay, I've done everything I can do, and it's just going to break me, in fact, if I go much further, you know? This is, you've done everything, and you, you have to let it out there. But ultimately, if you're not happy, and you know it's not right, then why is anybody else going to take a chance on it? And even if they do take a chance on it and it goes nowhere, which I suspect will be the case here, although actually probably the controversy around this has, has led more people to watch it than would have, but... I digress. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that the fact that I mean, it's, it debuted on YouTube and it's popped, it's, it's made its way over to Prime. That, that suggests that there's enough interest in it. People think that whether or not somebody actually thought this was good, or they went, you know what, this will garner enough uh, conversation that people will come and watch it. Dickheads who do podcasts will come and watch this show and rag yeah. on it and encourage other. Uh, it will encourage other people to watch it to see if it's as bad as they say. More it is. less. Um, but you know, oh, yeah, exactly. get, getting onto Played Prime right is, there, is actually we? a fairly straightforward process. Um, Double yeah. Top could be on Prime if I could be asked to subtitle it. Uh, that's all it is. Um, oh, that, we, we're we're yeah, ready to, ready to go. We tick all the boxes. We just need, I've, I've actually uploaded it as well, and it's been approved aside from subtitles. Um, so that's that's the difference here. There is no quality filter on Prime, uh, and that sounds like a jibe at our film. It's not. I just mean that you can put anything up there, providing you own the rights and providing that it's subtitled, so that you know obviously people with hearing difficulties can sort of read what's going on. Um, but yeah, my point was like, if if you don't think that your film is good enough, then no one else will. And at the end of the day, like with Double Top, we actually had a relative amount of success on on a festival circuit with it. Our screenings all went down well. Um, we never managed to find distribution, which is unfortunate. But I can always look back at that film and I can show it to people and be proud of it and know that we achieved what we set out to achieve. Um, I honestly don't see how anybody involved with this film can do that. And if they can, they're delusional, I think. Um, I think possibly the only exception is the kid who plays his son, because kids are stupid. Yeah, um, and, and the kid who plays his son actually gets what I think is probably some of the best dialogue and the best scene, but that's not until way at the end, and we're yeah. 30 minutes in and still on scene two, so... I guess we, I guess we move on. But um, as as he's talking to his wife and son in this scene is where I've I've clicked that I quote from my notes. I fucking hate Joe. He's a smug little prick. Now that's yeah. a huge problem when that when that's your lead. When that happens within the first ten minutes, you've yeah. got problems. It, unless of course the whole point of the film is that he's a smug little prick and he's going to go on this journey and we're going to learn to love him and he's going to learn to love himself, but. It's not. I think they decide to try and make it that at the end, but the work isn't put in here because he's so cocksure of himself that yes. it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't come over. We don't get it. Um, but we go back to the bar after that, and this random fucking woman, Rachel, who we've, who's only met Joe, like, what, the night before? Yeah. Comes back into the bar after having found a job advert for a radio talk show host and says I thought of you instantly here's a job advert yeah straight stranger I met yesterday I was name I what like what the fuck and also who prints out a job advert to take like surely she just forwards an email I don't think I don't think it was I think it was not like you see it in older films whereby you know they put a flyer on a lamppost and you, you, you cut off a strip or you take a strip with the information on it 
it, it wasn't a full sheet of paper. It was just a tiny little rip-off rip But, bit. I mean, would an actual radio station do that? Surely you'd advertise well, online yeah, exactly. these days or at least in a newspaper. Like, Yeah. I mean, given the fact that, you know, within like two scenes, he's, he's got on board himself a smartphone and he's recording himself and all this, that, and the other. You know, yeah, you can spring for an actual you know, online ad. Um, actually, going back to the scene before, um, just before we move on, um, again, talking about the scene with his um, with his ex, this is the only time where, yes, okay, he's far too cocksure, he's far too cocky, and his his lines are, his dialogue is very much aimed at, I'm going to get one over on the bitch who screwed me over. Yeah. And again, whether that's a dig at an actual ex-wife or just something he thought was appropriate, I don't know. It doesn't really work. But there's there's a moment in there whereby she's demanding what like fifteen thousand dollars a month or whatever the fuck it is for some fancy school. And at that point you go, Okay, she's being massively unreasonable. I get that. And it's the only time you sort of think, right, okay, well, this is kind of where he's gonna struggle. This is we're gonna be introduced to his to his journey at this point because he's now going to find it really hard to do this and he's going to strive, he's going to work, he's going to fall slightly short, he's going to go on that hero's journey. No, none of it. Absolutely none of it. It's just, again, it's just there for as an excuse to rag on this woman, at, which I can only assume is a portrayal of a real woman who he doesn't Absol- like very much. There is absolutely an ex-wife or girlfriend kicking around here somewhere that he fucking detests. Um, that much is very, very clear. Um, yeah, it's, again, horrible. There's, there, there is a whole layer of misogyny here as well that, that bubbles. Yes, which doesn't get any better. Oh, hell no, through. hell no. Um, so uh, we then we get a dialogue exchange in the next scene, or, or this scene actually, I think it is, with, with uh, Rachel at the bar, where it goes, stop trying and just do it. And Joe's response is, okay, Yoda. What? Was that supposed to be funny? Were you were you going for a pop culture reference there? Because if you were, you should have used the actual line. Yeah. Um, and that's just another example of how overwritten and poorly performed this is. It's almost like the people in the scene don't even understand the reference, um, yeah. which is really concerning when it's written and directed by the fucking star. Yeah, um, I, think, I think star's a bit of a stretch as well. No, he's by, the star by, of the film. He's just not he, a star. He's um, he's the lead. He's not he's not a star. Yeah, and like I say, people just don't talk like this at all. That was a desperately reached for shoehorned gag, and it fell very very flat. It's oh, horrible. Completely. Um, it it actually looks in this scene, to be honest, like he's struggling to remember his lines. Yeah, because <laughs> he's constantly looking up and to the left every time, as though mm. they might just be off camera somewhere. Yeah, which again, when you've written it, is a little concerning. It, uh, it is, although I mean, when when you've written it, you you should if you can't remember the exact words, you should have enough of an idea of the gist to be able to wing it. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd hope you know this character well enough to just yeah. get given that you, you've created them, they're probably based yeah. on you in some way. You should probably be able to not think like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he sends his fucking audition tape in and gets knocked back because they're not looking for people that sound like Joe. No, I'm not being funny, right? In the advert, it said they were looking for women of ethnic minority status. It said it right there in the ad. So why even apply? Why apply when you know they're not going to give it to you? Because you don't fit the criteria. No. No, that that's that's like you know, me trying to play a Chinese midget. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's fucking 
ludicrous. I, it just, yeah, they don't care about things like that here. This is just the least of their problems, isn't it? I mean, the, ve- the very next scene then after he's been knocked back, he's watching TV and there's some horrendous green screen gone on <laughs> yes. with that TV. <laughs> yes. And again, this this that. comes from somebody who has spent days, and I mean days, in fucking encore and after effects putting things onto TVs and computer screens and fo- I, I've done this and yes it's hard but again but don't I mean, stop be... until you're happy with it seriously I mean, to be fair they'd be better off in that instance just actually shooting something getting you know, putting a tarp up and making it look like a cheap TV, uh, TV set or making it look like there's a curtain or something up there arguing in front I'm not trying to make it like Jerry Springer yeah but just you know, again they've, they've got a still of, of a set the people on the screen don't look like they're standing. It looks like they're hovering because the perspective is wrong, the colouring is wrong, the light, the, the the light is wrong. None of it matches, and it just looks like they're standing in front of a bright orange blob. Yeah, and then it's not bevelled into the screen either, and the light doesn't bounce off it correctly. It's, yeah. Oh my it's lazy. God, it's dreadful. And also, when the film is about the radio, yeah, if you can't cares? make it look like it's a convincing tv show why isn't he just listening to the radio that also solves the solves the problem which was my main problem with this scene of who the fuck is joe talking to in this scene he is literally narrating his fucking thoughts out loud as he's watching the tv it quite literally is a soliloquy to himself while he's watching the tv he is performing a soliloquy in a fucking film not a stage play a film what the actual fuck who thought that was a good idea yeah now i think if memory serves this is the point where i text you last night and i read the message i sent you just so people can see how desperate i was getting this is about 10 minutes into the film and um holy fuck balls i'm so sorry i found this piece of shit yeah that no, this is ten minutes in. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I asked you, didn't I? I said, okay, about how far in are you? And you said something like, "Oh, about 10, 15 minutes in." And I yeah. was like, "Dude, you ain't seen fucking nothing yet. <laughs> this is this is just getting started." Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just oh, I don't, I, I'm struggling even no, even having the hindsight, the benefit of twenty four hours hindsight, I'm still struggling to find any quality in it. Yeah, there's none. Uh, there is none uh, so anyway like just just moving on because I really just I could spend all night ragging on any given scene of this film and <laughs> yeah. we, we go back to the bar and Joe's talking to his boss who happens to be a woman don't you know hey, yeah and a ball place. breaker at that don't you know and is sort of vilified this early on as well yeah. um, what a surprise um, but this is where the particularly bad overdub is and yeah. look, either something went wrong with my stream, which I don't think it did, or what happened here is on set, Joe said that he's just bought a brand new iPhone. And then they realized that they can't say iPhone for whatever reason. Yeah. So they decided to replace it with smartphone. Okay, fair enough. Again, done ADR. It's a horribly expensive process. And it's, it's, well, it's got a degree of difficulty. It's not... 
unmanageable, but it, it can be quite tricky. Um, yeah, but, cha- but changing I to smart is quite difficult because obviously there's a difference in length. There's a different the both yes. moves in a different way. But I'm not being funny. You're talking about the way it's overwritten and talk about the dialogue and stuff. Who calls them smartphones? It's a phone. It's a phone, right? But I got a new phone. Yeah, but as you say, because the length of the word is different, um, they actually just cut off halfway through the word smart. So what he actually says is, I just got a new smartphone. And it sounds like bad fucking anime dubbing. Like, yeah. they they don't even attempt to match the pitch or speed of delivery from the original line. He just goes, yeah, I got a new smartphone. <laughs> What's a smartphone? What's one of them? Uh, I, uh... And then she repeats the word iPhone or whatever it was. I can't remember her line. But again, goes smartphone. What? What the fuck yeah. is a smartphone? Just say phone for fuck's sake. Or cut the scene if you want, because it adds fucking nothing. So well, uh, again, I think it's it's this poor me bit that you're supposed to get every time he's on screen and his life's going a bit poorly and everything's against him, everyone's against him, all these minorities are against him, so all the women are against him. You know, this this woman who's his boss has busted his balls because he's not doing his fucking job. I'm sorry if if I stand around all day playing on my phone and don't do my job. Okay, that kind of is my job. But if I'm doing something else I'm not supposed to be at the expense of doing my job, I'm going to get bothered for it. At some point, I'm going to get fired for it. You can't really blame her for being pissed to be paying him to piss around on his phone. No, not at all. And uh, no, so, so no, that's that's all women vilified straight away because they're all out to bust his balls. They're all out. To, they're all out to get him. And then we'll we'll see that later on as well with um, uh, what's her name, the uh, the woman they hired to play Lucretia. Um, I don't know her name. Um... Renee, Renee, her name was. Um, yeah. So when we get her, that again, there's some awful dialogue with her later on. But again, it's oh poor me, you're out to get me. Yeah, and in every in every every time his life is going a bit, things aren't going his way. And let's be fair, and for the course of this film, things go pretty well for him, considering he's not qualified to do the job he's doing. He's not capable of doing the job he's doing, and he's lying to everybody, including himself, and then has some sort of breakdown about it. Like, it's Horrible. you can't really blame the world for being against you when you've got nothing going for you. No, when you're a complete and utter cockwomble, you can't blame the world for that. Uh, anyway again moving on a drunk comes in joe recounts the entire plot of the film so far all 10 minutes of it to a drunk and he doesn't do it quickly and there's absolutely no no reason for him to do it either no again it's just played for effect it's played for the the drunk guy completely misunderstands played purely so the drunk guy can utter the line because he misunderstands and thinks that joe is is trying to fuck uh, Loquisha rather than inventor and it's played entirely so that we can get the line from the drunk I like a little bit of brown sugar myself yes now at this point I threw the remote at the TV <laughs> thankfully I missed because I can't afford a new TV I but I had read fuck. how offensive this film w- was going to be but I was like nah surely not uh, and the Indian accent was pretty bad but then yes. we get to this line and I was just like what well, what like i i i couldn't even laugh i was like my jaw was literally i was catching flies here i was just like i, I spent the entire film doing that i was like you can't they he didn't they, there's no way they just did that what why would you do that and i was just i mean as i think that between the fact it was, an, it was a horrendous film anyway and i kept on saying 
seriously, what the fuck are you doing? What what's going on? What? And I think that's why Tori got up and left. She lasted about an hour, which I was quite pleased with. Um, I was quite impressed with because uh, if, if I didn't have to be there watching it to do this show, I wouldn't have got an hour into it. Um, but I was, just, I was just there, and much like I spent most of the episode, but I, 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 I don't know. Oh, that's what I was like watching the film. I just could not get my head around it. No, it, it's a fucking. I, I don't know what it is. It's a train wreck. Yeah. But anyway. Um, we, we've kind of skipped over this bit but we've alluded to it several times um, and you've probably read a synopsis if you're listening to this show Joe decides to adopt the voice of Loquisha he invents essentially a black woman and pretends to be yeah. her um, now this is entirely ripped out of Mr. Doubtfire this oh, entire entirely. sequence they, they even acknowledge he's trying, it yeah he's trying out voices he's trying no, he's try, he tries different uh, different accents different characters different voices and he settles on this complete opposite to what he is much as robin williams does in mr doubtfire where he's a younger middle-aged man he picks an old woman this guy's a this guy's a, a, a middle-aged white man so he picks a sassy middle-aged black woman yeah uh, and, and, and it's only every because... negative stereotype you are instantly thinking of yes every single one every poor stereotype that is leveled against these middle-aged black housewives essentially is, is what he's he's being um yes goes for them all goes for every single one every single mannerism yeah and again bear in oh. mind this motherfucker's on the radio yeah he talks with his hands yes he does but he talks with his hands in the way that again you have this stereotypical image of these sassy black women who they're clicking their fingers and they're moving in time with their voices and Nobody does that. No, but Joe does. But Joe does that for an audience of him. Yeah. There is no fucking point to it because he's on the bastard radio. Yeah, it's ugh. So, so the impersonation itself is just as offensive as his Indian impersonation was earlier on. No, it it is. But the thing that gets me right, it doesn't sound any different to his actual voice. Just a little bit smugger. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. He puts a. He just puts that tiny little bit of bass in there as well. Um, but yeah, you, you're not wrong. Um, anyway, he moving on. He sends this tape into the radio station. And it's successful, so he demands a call-in interview because obviously can't leave the house. Now, we've already mentioned that there is a lot of fat in this film. There are cuts that you can drive a fucking bus through. Yeah, but when we get to the radio station, we get no form of establishing shot whatsoever. We just smash cut straight into the fucking thing. Both characters are introduced. We don't even see a name placard on the desk that suggests the people in this scene are the managers of the radio station. And Joe isn't there to explain it to us because it's a phone interview. So yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, who are these motherfuckers? They're not yeah. even sat in a recording studio. They sat in a generic office. They could be anywhere. Yeah. Like, would it have killed you to give us an establishing shot here? <laughs> I... Or, you know, just write things better so that we understand. Yeah. But, you know, but again, if it's broke, much... give us an establishing shot. Like, yeah, you must given... have noticed this in your edit, surely. Yeah, given how much time they spent, uh, they spent a good minute when they were putting the star together with the stock footage of the baseball yeah, stadium. Yeah, that's give us, yeah, say, Give us something that actually adds to the story. So the fact that they're in a radio station, we might need to know that. Yeah, or, you know, put one of their photographs on the advert or... Yeah, introduce them earlier on like whatever but just so we, anyway like, you know we could keep up we're not dull but 
basics, guys. Um, yeah. So then, obviously, Lakeisha gives this phone interview, and the radio station guys are trying to persuade her to come in, which she obviously can't do. So Joe then hits on this excuse that she has, and I swear, I fucking swear, they don't know what this word is. Yes. She has a rare form of xenophobia. Yeah, no, not agoraphobia. No, xenophobia. Now, that is probably correct. Yes. <laughs> You're probably right, actually, yeah. But it's he, not, he not the right phobia. He does have more than a, a small case of xenophobia. <laughs> but that is not... That doesn't make any sense as an excuse no. at all. None whatsoever. Um, I'm sure I'm sure our listeners are educated enough to understand, but just in case, just for the sake of clarity in this podcast, xenophobia is a fear of other cultures and other nations. Um, it's not quite racism, but... Oh, it's not far off. It's not far off it, yeah. Um, so that is that makes no sense, but that apparently is the reason that Lakeisha can't leave her house because she has a yeah. rare form of xenophobia. I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, as in like he's trying to think of something off the top of his head and make it fly um but it certainly doesn't come over that way because it's no, played so if straight that, if that was the intention fail miserably yeah um terrible 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 so anyway there's some fucking dodgy deals being done and she gets the job realizes she needs a producer now another example of how people don't talk um joe finds the token black man in the bar um because it's fine you can be racist as long as the black people agree with it it's okay yes. right yeah because we're paying some black people so it's fine um so goes over and, and talks to this guy who's who he recognizes as a music producer and his yeah. opening gambit is something along the lines of you're a producer right this guy's response I, i'll read it like he does yeah. uh yes i produced a few albums for some local musicians what? Who speaks like that then? <laughs> you either are or aren't a producer. You don't say, I produced some albums for some local musicians. You would say, no. you would either say, yes, I'm a producer. And if you haven't done anything of note, you would leave it at that. Yeah. Or you would say, yeah, I'm a producer. Do you remember that album that, that so-and-so did or, or the yeah. Fred's band that... did? I cut that. You know, you wouldn't be, yeah. I did some for some local musicians. That yeah. is entirely for the benefit of us as an audience, but we don't need to know it. So no. now on top of that, right? I'm fairly sure. Bear in mind that we more or less produce a radio show every week. Yeah, give or take. That's what this is, yeah, sort yeah. of. That doesn't mean I'm I'm capable of producing a record. Uh, absolutely fucking not. And I certainly wouldn't know how to. If I were if I were a record producer, I wouldn't know how to live produce a radio show. No. Because you wouldn't know how to edit content like that. You would you would know how to polish a song. You would know how to add melody lines and things like that. You would yeah. not know necessarily when to come in and off air and things like that. It's, yeah. Anyway, it's a fucking minor point in in a long stream of issues. But yeah, you're yeah. dead right. The most... and, and again, I mean, the, with with this as well, I mean, the, you get the scene where he's sort of... He, he, he sets in the bar and he says, let's, let's go and talk out back. So it's all very seedy and very sinister. Obviously, we as an audience know what's going on because we've seen it. And this guy's like, okay, whatever. So he goes along with it. And the, the whole scene, they're in the back room and he's sort of explaining what he's doing. And it's just this, the, this producer, whose name I can't remember, I think Mason or Miles or something like that, um, his, 
his whole response is, I don't want to do that. I don't think I want to do that because it sounds dodgy as fuck. We're going to get caught. We're going to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. And at, at no point are they talking about you know, committing a crime. So why he'd go to jail, I don't know. But then it's, his his sole thing is, his sole reason to do I'll give you free drinks for life. It's not your fucking bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but that whole the whole scene is just there for the token black man to get, make some, literally some gags. And it's 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 there. So he's on screen and he's making jokes. So he's just as funny and just as important as the star. And that makes all of this okay. Yes, it's it's fine to be racist as long as the, as long as they're complicit. As long as the people you are offending are complicit. Yeah. So he works as the producer. Joe needs to go to the studio. So they hit on the idea that Lakeisha's only going to work from a locked studio and Joe disguises himself to go in by wearing <laughs> a fucking paper bag on his with head. With eye holes cut in with it. With eye holes cut in it. Like he's about to fucking rob a convenience store. Now, not being funny, he's a relatively big dude. He's tall and he's broad. Like, yeah. he looks nothing like a woman. No. What the fuck is a paper bag going to do? He still looks no. like a big, tall, broad dude. But he had an overcoat on, so he could be hiding his body shape. Oh, so he could be hiding his boobs. Oh, yeah. okay. Now I understand. Because, of course, the fine. only thing that makes you a woman is having it breasts. Oh, of course. How stupid Sad. am I? Yeah, sadly, that makes me a woman. God, how stupid. I didn't realise you needed boobs to be a woman. Damn it. Yeah. That's what they're for. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Awful, awful, awful moment. Yeah. Again, you could have cut it. Uh, and th- uh, yeah, I mean, again, the, 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 so the preamble to it, they, they pull up in the car and he's, he's a sat in the back. Joe is sat in the back seat, cowering down so nobody sees him, while the producer calls up the studio and says, right, I'm, I'm Loquitia's producer. And we needed to clear the studio because no, we've got a, a privacy deal and all the rest of it. So they they say right, well we're gonna we'll put a five minute track on. Once it starts, we'll leave and you can come in. Um, and they close the line. Ken told us this was going to be weird. Yeah, that's the so, that's the whole that's all we've heard from anybody else at this station is that they've been told this Wakisha character is weird doesn't really set you up with confidence is that this is who they're bringing in to save the station no no it really doesn't um we we then get sort of a bit of a montage of people tuning into loquisha and she's becoming popular uh, yeah. and then we get this fucking racist middle american white dude with a chip on his yeah. shoulder phoning in yeah. and this scene i can only assume exists as a way of them trying to justify themselves because joe tries to challenge him and tries to they they try to insinuate here that everybody is equal and it's just a voice it doesn't come over at all um and i think the problem with it for me as well is that they again they break this character who calls in they break him down into a very very two-dimensional stereotype that he's unemployed no so he, he lost his job so he's bitter he's angry and he's taking it out. He's taking it out on a, a minority because it's easy, and it's again, it's setting up that this is no, this is what what white America looks like. This is what this is where the divide in America, this is the tension in America comes from. And again, it's just such a half baked idea because obviously there's so many problems socially in America at the moment. There's so many issues with uh, race, with gender, with 
education, with human rights, all these sort of things. So to, to actually come out and say, actually, no, this is where the problem lies. No, it's 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 this you no know, entitled white man who thinks that you no know, as as a, as a black woman you shouldn't be doing that. Listen, he, that never comes across. This this guy never says you're a black woman you shouldn't be on the radio. You're taking my job or whatever else it is. What you're at, what you know, what you say, you know, they they try and boil it down into something that's not there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, they are just trying to justify himself. That the, the line is uttered. What does a black woman sound like anyway? Yeah. And the problem is they don't even see the issue with that line in and of itself. No, I mean, to be listen, I, I try I tried when we when I when we first found this film or when I first found it, I tr- I was looking at it thinking. This is going to go one or two ways. This is either going to be entirely self-aware and you know, lambasting a lot of things that you know, in, in terms of, sort of uh, some of the racial divisions, some of the tension in America, or it's going to be blackface. Yeah, yeah. And it veers far further towards blackface than I would like. Oh, it, only it stopping really short does. of actually blacking out. Yeah, it, it really does. I'm surprised. I, I genuinely thought it was building to a point where Joe would black up. Yes. I was expecting it. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, Especially when um, we jump ahead in the next couple of scenes, whereby they get offered deals or they get offered some um, a drive time show. So because you know the, the ratings go through the roof, and Lucretia's so popular because she's so honest and all this sort of stuff, and there's you know, this this big sort of nod to hypocrisy and all. And um, this oh shit, okay, we need a black woman, a token black woman, to come in as Lucretia and just sit here. And as long as people see her coming and going. They'll think we're the engineers, we're the producers, whatever. They won't think twice about us because that's Lucretia and she'll do all the public appearances, public appearances and shit. And it's just like, at that point, I thought, are they actually going to do a Mr. Doubtfire? Are they going to get this guy in a fat suit yeah. and, black, and, and black it up? I, oh, I, I like thought Big we Mama may says. have been headed that way. Um, I'm glad we didn't, but I, there was an awful moment where I thought we yeah, were. Yeah, there he was. I, I, and to move forward then, because that is kind of the next notes that I've got, is that it, the show becomes successful and they need to cast this lady to be loquisha um my first issue with that is if loquisha has now become so big that she's going to be making public appearances and stuff like that like how uh, how thick are all of these potential actresses that they don't realize what the fuck's going on here like you don't need to be fucking sherlock holmes to work this out no and even to the point where they're interviewing slash auditioning these women the first one comes in and she's entirely unsuitable. She's a cheerleader and she's bouncing around and jumping and all the rest of it. So they automatically disbelieve and disqualify her, dispel her. And then Renee comes in and she sits down and she again she's trying to be Queen Latifah. Yeah. And she's she's all mouth, she's all sass, and but she's a massive fangirl of this woman she's never seen and never met and has only heard on the radio for about two minutes because that's a lot of fucking shows been on the air. And she she thinks that they're recruiting for somebody to make a movie of her life when she's been around for about two minutes yeah so then they decide to hire her and presumably they get it signed some sort of contract before they tell her because then you do get a an establishing shot after the fact where you get her voice going are you shitting me yeah it's terrible uh, oh it's man. terrible i i mean it, even to the point with it where they make reference specifically when she comes in that they want a loquitia type yes very clearly meaning we want a fat black woman yeah very clearly a a, a loudmouth fat black woman uh as if that wasn't bad enough this scene also gives us i did i must must admit i laughed at this line 
I laughed out of utter shock and surprise. I don't actually find it funny. Um, but there is reference to Cinderella and a Cinderella type story, which prompts the line, What colour do you think cinders are, you little moron? Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, this is one of those ones where I was speechless. I just, I burst out laughing. Like, I, I had a few of those where I'll say it was just, it was a case of, oh, I wasn't expecting that. It, it's not particularly funny. It's just, I say it's the shock. It's the, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, but it just, it just gets you involuntarily. Not because the content is particularly good. It's just because that, oh, right. Okay. That's where they've gone with it. So there were a couple of those. Oh, there, me, there's uh, a few of them. I mean, later on, uh, the lady that's playing Laquisha, I, I forget her name again. Um, Renee. Renee. Renee refers to herself as Snow Black. Yes, but also, yeah, we'll, we'll come to it when we get to that scene as well. There's a, there's a line she has, which any good work she does in this film, any good work anybody does in this film is undermined by one phrase, which we'll, when we get to uh, we get to the scene, I'll, I'll, to, I'll bring to it To be fair, I mentioned the, the child earlier on, who generally is, is quite bad, but he's a child, so he gets a pass. He just does, gets the better yeah. material. Um, in terms of performance, to be fair... Um, she is probably about the best thing about the film. Her performance yeah. is pretty decent, to be fair. Compared to everyone else's, her performance is, for what yeah. it is, and for what she has it's, to it's, do, it is horrendously yes, stereotyped. It's, it's, um, it's, pass, it's passable in a film of impassable objects. Yeah. Um, it's horrendously stereotyped, as you say, but you know that's what she's been directed to do. So yeah. her performance is is passable. Okay. Yeah. Um, then we get some horrendous fucking music cues again. Um, it's, it's where Joe's handing over money in a diner to his wife. Um, and it, there's this yeah. way too loud um, royalty-free music playing, which just doesn't fit the scene at all. It's all upbeat and chirpy and happy and sounds like it should be on someone's fucking showreel. Yes. And not only that, again, it's it, it's... It's supposed to be you no know, back. It's supposed to be background music. It's supposed to be, supposed to be diegetic. No diner has music that loud. No, not at all. It's it's fucking terrible. Um, it's again. It's just a lazy edit. They've chucked it on and not even bothered taking the levels down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, we then Rachel uh, phones in and and the plot takes this weird fucking twist uh, out of nowhere yeah. where she decides she's oh, in yeah, love with Joe. Out of nowhere. Yeah, who well, she's met yeah. twice. Um, and of course she phones Loquisha for advice as, 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 as you would uh, and Joe like a fucking scumbag lets it play yes. out there is no what a fucking scumbag <laughs> yeah absolute douchebag yeah um, but anyway I mean we'll get to that but moreover like she then phones Joe she's met him twice in a bar he's the bartender how how have they swapped numbers like what i i don't get it she was she was in a relationship at the time as well she didn't phone the bar she phoned joe but yeah i don't get it no i don't either i don't get it um but anyway oh actually saying that there there was a scene very early where she helps him do the first audition tape his 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 own audition true so maybe maybe it's it's fallout from that um now this is where the film really 
really like it's already been bad but this is where it fucking nose dives right first of all joe uses his loquitia personality to convince rachel to fuck him essentially yes. he then goes around yeah. and maybe there's and, and he is kind of played like this maybe when he's on the radio there's there's at least an insinuation that he thinks that she knows yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, but it's made very clear to him by the time he's around her house and she's all over him that she doesn't know. And so, at that point, Joe, really, walk away. Like, it's time to come clean or walk yeah. away. Yeah. At that point, like, you either tell her the truth before you go any further, or you just back away and get some space. Instead, what he does is have a complete fucking mental breakdown. Yeah, he has a complete schizophrenic episode. Where Loquisha is now an actual person living inside his head. Yes. He now has a split personality. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of flat out nowhere, there are moments where she will just take control of his body. Yes. And and this will go on for about three or four scenes. So you get this scene where she's she's coming on to him, she's you know she starts kissing him, she's trying to you know she's trying to seduce him. And Anytime she makes a move, he channels. He he says something as Laquisha, and it puts her off to a point where she gets a bit freaked out. Can't imagine why. Yeah. Now, Joe then tries to explain it away, and now we have a whole new group of people we can offend. As she asks him, "Are you gay?" Because I, he doesn't want to sleep with yeah. her, so he must be gay. Or, and then goes even a step yeah. further: "Are you a pre-op transsexual?" Yes. Where the fuck did that come from? Well, clearly, because she's so hot and fuckable, she, he must be gay or a, a woman to, to not want to sleep oh. with her. Obvious, oh, okay. obviously. So, so that's how being gay works. Yeah, so it's, it's like a choice, is yeah. what you're saying. So it's like if you don't want to sleep with really hot women, then you're, you're choosing to be, gay. to be gay. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Thank you for clearing that up for me. I'm glad we watched this film. Um, I would never have understood that. No, it, 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 it took this Here's to, me to, thinking to that was the way these people were and that they were actual people. Oh, don't be huh. stupid. How foolish of me. There's a lot of that okay. going around this evening. We're very naive. Yeah, how foolish of me. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, at the end of that line, I have just written in big, bold capital letters what the actual fuck is going on with this film. Like, what is, what is happening here now? Because it feels like we have jettisoned the storyline that we had yeah. where he's just trying he's struggling to make ends meet for his son so he takes on this kind of uh, persona and carries out a radio show and actually starts making a difference in people's lives and that was kind of a trajectory as I say it didn't really have a point because Joe doesn't seem to grow from it Yeah, but that was one trajectory but now it's that it's almost as though all of that was just the act one setup and now the rest of the actual film is going to be a kind of split personality comedy thing where yeah. Loquisha just takes over Joe's life at inopportune moments and the two of them have to learn to live together so Joe then better understands the culture that he has some xenophobic issues with and learns to accept everyone as his equal. Yeah. Not That's so not where the film goes either, no. But maybe if it did then we could forgive some of it. Not all of it, mind you, because the fucking dialogue is still... <laughs> yeah. So you get oh this for like no, three or four scenes whereby you know, he's arguing with Lucretia and Lucretia's answering back because no, that's how schizophrenia works. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it took it takes a real fucking turn. This film here, like yeah, and the police something. stop him, and Lucretia gets involved in that as well. In probably no, the worst scene in the film. Yeah, no, not be funny again. If you're a cop and you pull this guy over, and first question has he been drinking? This guy yeah. starts talking in a different voice and talking in riddles. I'm sorry, this this guy's on something. You don't let him drive off. You don't let him off with a warning and let him drive off. You take the motherfucker downtown. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, it, it's just horrible. That whole scene is horrible. Um, but anyway, he manages to to get off with the, with the with the policeman. He he gets off scot free and goes to see his mother. And oh Jesus Christ! It's just the scene with his mother is just gross. Yeah. No. It's just gross Give... and wrong. It's wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah. I can't. I don't even want to talk about it. If I'm honest, I think we we kind of have to though. Um just because like again there's so much going on in this scene that's not supposed to be there right so we get a retreading of the are you gay yes are you a transsexual we get to retread all of that but now with but there's an extra fun added layer of a disappointed parent yes oh for fuck's sake man really yeah it's it's just horrible. It's a horrible, horrible scene. But it's okay because if he talks to Lucretia, everything oh, will be, be fine. fine. Yeah. Life will life will come up roses. Lucretia, she'll just slap that gay right out of him. It'll be fine. Absolutely. So, so sign her up to the White House for uh, for VP next time around. Yeah, totally. She'll slap the gay right off his face. You'll yeah. be totally fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awful. Uh, then we oh, then we get to my favorite bit in the next scene where uh, somebody mutters, "I'm Snow Black." Yes. Mm. Um, just this this whole sequence, and it, this is kind of a film of sequences because yeah. you get these this this initial sequence where he's kind of learning to be Laquisha and he's going to support his family and stuff like that. And then you get this weird fucking bit with his split personality where we ease back on the casual racism ever so slightly and just decide to be completely homophobic instead. Like, yeah. like this film gets really unacceptably homophobic for a good quarter of an hour and i think it's possibly more offensive here even than it is when it's having a a pop at other cultures yeah no let's be let's be fair if you if you you're aiming this uh no trump america this is absolutely on point because it ticks all the boxes it ticks the anti-gay anti-black i'm fairly sure there's an immigrant message in there as well anti-trans if you can think of a minority grouping they will they will go after at some point oh yeah and like, as I said at the start, I, mean, I wasn't sure whether this was going to be played entirely straight or whether it was going to be played knowingly, but this is some straight-up straight pride shit. It is. But then every time you think they, you think that, they try and dial it back and get a message across. They, they don't succeed. No. But it's like they, it is like they know exactly what they're doing, but they, they also know, know it. that it's wrong. And so they they have their fun because they are enjoying this clearly yeah. have their fun That's say what they want to say but then like ah but if we dial it back and try and give it a message maybe we'll get away with it because like we at the end of this sequence then which thankfully only lasts about 10 15 minutes this whole fucking split personality thing joe decides to challenge loquisha live on air by phoning in he phones into himself so joe and loquisha talk to each other on air and we get this preachy fucking there's this whole come to jesus moment 
where we get this preachy sermon about how we need to embrace all cultures man woman black chinese jewish christian fuck man really yeah, I mean, it's, like... it's even referred to as a come to loquisha moment now the thing that struck me with this right okay i know it's a guy doing two voices so there has to be a separation people don't talk or like people are having a conversation they do tend to run over each other we do it all the time you yeah. do tend to cut, cut each other off you do respond so if you say something something i i will acknowledge it there may be a grunt or yes or a laugh mm-hmm. whatever else in this it was very clearly loquisha says something pause joe says something yeah. pause loquisha says something pause who in their right mind doesn't know that's the same fucking person yeah especially totally. when this the voices even blend into one yeah totally totally but this, just this whole fucking diatribe it's it really does feel as though they're, they're trying to justify the film yeah and I, I the, can't, the entire thing yeah i can't make my mind up whether it is just that they know how they, they actually do know how wrong they're being and it's intentional and so this is them just trying to justify it or whether they're all actually setting out with some fucking misguided belief that that's what this film is about and they are saying something important but but this is it because there's so many issues that are half-arsedly tackled in this film yeah. whatever point they think they're making they're not because they haven't spent enough time no, but getting I... to it I don't think they realise that, and I no. I think they may actually think they're doing good work. I'd yeah. like to believe that that's the case. I would much rather believe that this is just horribly misjudged than this is intentional. Either way, it makes the people involved despicable because yes. you have to think these things in order to be this misjudged in the first place. But yes. at least you're not doing it with intentional malice i guess is what i'm trying to say you're you're not you're you're only you're only halfway there is what i'm trying to say you're you're trying to make a point rather than just taking pot shots but i don't know i this film confuses me so much because there is no point to it i i don't understand this film um oh my god it's bad and and at this point in my notes i've i've obviously done a time check because I, I just go off on a on a rambly tangent and write, fuck me, how is there still 30 minutes left of this film? <laughs> yeah. I, I We're an hour in and nothing is happening. The show yeah. is taken, show, the film has taken these random diversions that have nothing to do with the plot. Nobody's growing. There's no forward momentum. No, none whatsoever. Ugh, yuck. Um, so Joe shuts the show down, resigns as Loquisha, and then Rene gets the arse, um, and, and attempts to make a new deal because Joe has turned down a television deal with Oprah because of course it's Oprah. Of course. Yeah. Who else is it going to be? Of course. There, there are no other black women on TV. You know that. No, no. So Joe can't take the deal he feels like he can't lie anymore he's had enough so he shuts it down pulls the plug Rene gets understandably annoyed because this is her livelihood too they've created this character together although joe doesn't seem to think that which is weird because loquisha is both of them it's not just joe although he will say several times that he is loquisha yeah 
However, if that was the case, why did he need to hire her in the first place? Yes, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thought process. I'm if fully he didn't on need board. her, well, you have her. I'm fully on Team Rene here. Just be, like, Lucretia is was, as much hers as Joe's. I was until um, you have the immortal line. Are you blackmailing me? No, I'm blackmailing yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, we'll get there. Get to fuck. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, so there is this scene where she, where she goes and, and like try, attempts to blackmail him and get a new deal which he agrees to, you know, the, the deal... Well, no, he, being... initially he doesn't, and then he goes to see his wife, who then... Yeah. Um, she, she's all happy because... No, his ex-wife, she's all happy because the kid's doing well in school, and she no, and she's not paying for it. And uh, well, earlier on, she again, you have this very spiteful, very vindictive ex, which I, I'm sure is based on an ex-wife that this guy can't stand. And all of a sudden, she's being nice to him. They, they, they're having brunch as a family. They're doing stuff like that, which, well, no... Great, fantastic, but um, that's not a measure of success. But that seems to be her barometer is the fact that he's successful now, therefore she, she, he's worthy of her time. And because of that, and the fact that kids doing so well at school and she's so happy, all of a sudden, he then texts Renee and says, we've got a deal. A deal that 30 seconds ago, he was so adamant wasn't happening, I thought he was going to actually chop her head off yeah, and bury it in exactly. the yard. And, and even, even when he does take the deal, it makes no fucking sense, because she wants it because he's turned Oprah down and she yeah. wants to keep Laquisha going. But Joe turned a deal down when he would have got 70% of the profit. Now he's only getting 30. What the fuck well, makes her think he's going to take a deal all of a sudden? Well, it wasn't even it wasn't even 70-30 split at that point because she was getting like 15 bucks an hour to sit in the studio and do nothing, like no paint and nails or whatever yeah. she was doing while she sat there bored. And whatever money they got for personal appearances was all her. So she wasn't getting a percent that she was just getting a, 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 a flat fee. So all of a sudden, for her to say, actually, no, I'm going to take almost three quarters of your earnings for the work that you do. Yeah. Nah. Who in the hell's going to take that deal? I'm sorry. No, kid, kid school or not, there are public schools. Yeah, it's yeah, it's terrible. Um, it, it it just makes no sense. It's it's fucking terrible. And, and then we, again, in 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 the following scene now with Joe's with his kid as well, like the. The audio is so badly... It's so wet. The audio is so fucking wet. I don't understand how anyone can listen to it and think it's acceptable. No. It's clearly been treated. There's clearly been noise reduction, like, to within an inch of its fucking life. Yeah, it's, to a point where, again, the characters don't know, the actors don't sound like themselves. No, it's fucking dreadful. Um... But anyway, they fucking run with it, so it's what we've got to listen to. Um, and, you know, this scene he has with his kid, like, with in better hands, honestly, it might just about work. You know, it's the closest we get to any kind of real sentimentality in the whole film. It's yeah. the best the dialogue is, because the kid sort of speaks in in riddles slightly you know and he, he lays out a, a kind of story to joe about what's going yeah. on in school and that joe gets his realization which you know if it had been set up earlier on if joe had been doing some fucking soul searching earlier on and if joe had genuinely disliked himself earlier on yes this might have paid off as an end of act two start of act three transition unfortunately joe's a smug little prick at the start of the film so it doesn't fucking work because at no point has he wanted to change no that's right so it doesn't really work um 
So he no, goes. No, nothing, nothing pays off. This entire no, film. No, nothing no, no. pays so, off. So then, anyway, after this conversation, the kid convinces him he needs to be himself and he goes into the studio and basically shuts down the Laquisha show. And again, what the fuck is the music they decide to use while he's doing his big dramatic final sign off? It doesn't match. No, um, not at all. And again, you get the impression they've, they've bought a boatload of music, not knowing what they actually need. They've just gone, oh, we need five tracks. Let's buy five tracks. Yeah. And then they realise, oh shit, four of them are really upbeat and the fifth one is the funeral dirge and we can't use that either. Shit, we've got to go with what we've got because we can't afford any more. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Fucking the music's terrible. Um, so then we get a collection of scenes of, of Rene being Laquisha without Joe and just tanking the show. Um, I yeah, don't, just being really vicious. I don't know really, why we really need mean. them. I don't know why it's important for us to see that as an audience because Joe's supposed to be our main character and has stepped away from the show. Yeah, don't really need it, but whatever, fine, I guess. Um, oh, we, I, mean, I think if, we if missed the bit that... where Joe talks the, the suicidal woman down off a, off a ledge. Yes, that, that's what that's that's his last act as as Lucretia. So you get a woman rings in a young woman who's obviously in distress, um, and um, and says, "I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump, I'm on a bridge, I'm gonna jump." And Lucretia says, "Okay, enjoy your jump." Very, very, very risky. Obviously, as a strategy, and you know, again, you get the thing. This is the whole thing. But look, I no, get it's, it. It's a cry for it's a it's a tactic, and it has been you know it has been used with suicidal people before. It doesn't always work. Um, but again, for somebody who's not qualified, not trained, and has not an idea what he's doing, no. But say, he's saying say to somebody, okay, jump. jump. I don't care. But he's, he's jump, confident in his ability at this point. To be fair, yeah. again, this is a scene. I think that actually. They managed to pull this one off, I think. It was where she's given her the whole "Have you ever been to Paris?" and she says no. When it... and, and that that that's sort of part I quite like because obviously it, it's a diversionary tactic. It's it works. It's a, As a scene, even it even, works. It, even if you yeah, I mean the thing that gets me with it is like, again because no, you've never had this crisis of confidence with Joe. He's never been unsure of anything, even when no. he doesn't know if he's still Joe or if he's becoming Lucretia. Um, at no point is he lacking in confidence. So the fact that he then starts this call with this incredibly smug, incre- incredibly self-assured, okay, jump, stop wasting my time and jump. Yeah. It does. It again. He just comes across as an arsehole. He does. Well, it's because he is an arsehole. Um, well, but yeah. but so yeah, there's that scene, and and to be fair, I thought that would work quite well. Um, then for, it takes another turn, and it just becomes a fucking lifetime TV movie of the week. All of a sudden. For yeah. no apparent reason at all. Uh, well, well, why not? It's um, been everything else. Yeah, but it it just kind of becomes that. We do get a line when I mean Joe comes clean with the the station heads, um, and we we get probably my favourite line and the only line I genuinely laughed at. Um, he says, "You make the sick." Oh, they they talk about uh, the twist being like something out of a Shyamalan movie, and he says you must mean the Sixth Sense because the other ones were predictable and stupid. Um, fair play. Yeah, not like this film. Yeah, not like this film at all. Fair play though. I totally agree with him. I also think the Sixth oh, Sense was predictable, um, but not stupid. Um, so that made me giggle. I'm not a Shyamalan fan at all, but he delivers it perfectly as well. Like yeah. it, he genuinely it's meant it's entirely that. derisive and scornful. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine. That 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 kind of works. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think that's probably is probably the only one that I laugh genuinely at as well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so then he, he decides to go on the air and come clean, and we get this whole confession from Joe. Now, look, this isn't my film. This isn't my script, and 
I'm in no position to judge the people that have made it other than judging them for how horribly racist and homophobic they are. But as a filmmaker and as a writer, yeah. how do you set out to make this and get to get to the point at the end, because you must know how it's going to end when you start it, Yeah. and realise that Joe is going to go on mic and confess everything? How do you not use this as a framing device? Like we've most of the film, Joe has been in the studio when we see him being Loquisha. Hmm. So how is this not used as a framing device? Like it would work. So they, they they are almost in danger of being able to tie the film up neatly if they yeah. had just seeded this. Why don't we open with this and then come back to it for fuck's yeah. sake? No, Why is this pro- not the problem... story of what went on? Yeah, my problem with this is that he hasn't. I don't feel he, from a story point of view he hasn't earned the right to confess no, that, that's what I'm saying he he hasn't earned it whereas if we'd have started with the confession we'd have yeah. started from a weak point with him and so at least we would have had the journey of him starting as a smug prick and then we could have knocked him down yeah and got to this point um, and even though he doesn't get knocked down that much and when he does it happens very quickly because he has a sudden crisis of confidence out of fucking nowhere yeah. but at but least if we framed it earlier and we know it's coming then it's going to be in the back of our mind all the way through the film yeah. but no because that would make sense and be a good storytelling tool and they don't give a fuck <laughs> because it's not jokes about fat black ladies and gay men so yeah who needs uh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was my whole problem. So you hadn't, you, you because again, because of the way he is throughout the entire film, you you want him to come a cropper. You want him to get found out. Yeah. Because that that's more rewarding. And then the fact that he has to he has to then go on air and try and defend himself, try and explain what happened, why things happened, all the rest of it. He's then trying to redeem himself. As it is, he's trying to redeem himself for something he could have just quietly retired with, walked away, never told anybody and nobody would ever be any the wiser he could have looking at entirely human reaction he could have got away with this shit and nobody would have known any different no and that is human nature we we get to no we don't open up about things we don't make ourselves vulnerable if we don't have to no. and he didn't have to no it, yeah it's fucking it, the film makes no sense at all it, <laughs> it doesn't um, I, my, my last note we're nearly there to be honest because I I had fucking I'd lost it but I, honestly I'd lost it by this point in the film um, but I, I do have one or two more notes but just skipping ahead to my last one because it picks up that point is, is my last note is literally what the fuck is this film even about yeah, Joe I have no idea never, I have no idea yeah Joe never really seemed to have identity issues at the start at all he had no crisis of confidence no. It literally went nowhere. It was 90 minutes of utter nonsense. It's 90 minutes of the guy who makes too many jokes in the pub and thinks he's funnier than everybody else. It is that, isn't it? it he's, is the... he's, he's committing his story as he wants to tell it and showing yeah. everybody how clever and how funny, how many big words he knows, how many jokes he can make, how he get everybody in the pub will be laughing like drains at that it's a Gandhi impression. It's not Except even the that... pub. It's, it's 90 minutes of that bloke in work that you can't fucking stand that thinks he's loved by everyone yes. we've all got one you, you know fair, if, you, if, you, if you've only got one i think that's a that's a bonus i think everybody's got half a dozen or so yeah um but yeah you you know who it is and if you can't think in your office who it is it's you yeah 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 sorry um, guys you're a joke yeah. 
Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just it's just really annoying because there's no, there's nothing about this character to like. No, he's a boorish, racist, homophobic, xenophobic asshole. Should make him king of Westeros. He'd fit right in. <laughs> he really would. Or president of the United States. Well, um, yeah, there's that as well. Yeah. Um. Just, just before we wrap up, I have got one more fucking, and it's the worst example. <laughs> of the horrible music cues. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a scene after Joe's redeemed himself and done his fucking, or it's slightly before he does a Facebook poll. This film ends with a Facebook poll. That is our big dramatic fucking climax. We have a yeah. fucking poll on Facebook. Yeah, we have, we have a three-way vote where they can the show entirely. Joe gets yeah. his own show, which he wanted all along, or they keep Laquisha. So 20% say can the show because you know, they've been lied to and they're outraged and you know, SJWs unite and all that stuff, bollocks. So 20%, no, that's fine. So we're keeping the show in some form or another. So then we're told that 40% want, want Joe to have his show. And then after about 10 seconds, the penny drops that there's still 40% left. What do you think they want? If options one and two are already taken, which one do you think they want to give it a tie? Fuck me. It, yeah. Yeah, I know. But but prior to that, obviously, um, that scene happens. Joe's in bed, and he wakes up next to Rachel, who stalks him down an alley in the scene prior. And yeah. the fucking music sounds like she's about to pull a fucking knife and murder him. To be fair, I wish she had. So do I. But li- that music, literally, it is the worst music cue I think I have ever heard in a yeah, film. Yeah, in, in, in a film of bad choices, that's... Well, just to stand out that much. The, the whole way the scene is framed and lit, and that music equals Joe is about to die at her hands. Like it, yes, which he deserves. It, yeah, he totally deserves. He's a fucking cockwomble. Yeah. Um, but anyway, instead she decides to fuck him. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, ah, you know what it is. She must be one of them lesbians. That's what Obviously. it is, because he's yeah. a black woman, isn't he? God, yeah. Fucking See? hell. See, I just don't understand these gay people, Mark. I really no. don't. God damn it. Well, they're not people. They're just cartoons, ah, obviously. Of course they are, yeah. Jesus. Um, fuck, man. Oh, that, God, I mean, and that yeah. is the level this film is on. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, I, to, to be fair, as... as um, I don't want to call it satire because I don't think it was a clever enough to be satire. Oh, it but, thinks but, it's satire, though. That's yeah. the problem, isn't yeah. it? It thinks I mean, for, it's satire. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, talking more of our comments rather than the, the film, but I th- at least the, if there's an awareness and that's what you're trying to do and you've just failed to pull it off, that's something. But I don't. I actually don't think they're aware of just how bad and how big a statement they're making. No. That and that is the problem. I I think I genuinely think, as I said, especially with some of the speeches they throw in there. Yeah. I genuinely think that they are under the impression that they're being satirical. Yeah. But they they're just being offensive. Yeah. They are just being offensive. Look, yeah. Sometimes we say some shit. God knows, I've apologized immediately after <laughs> saying things numerous times on this podcast. See, but here's the thing. I apologize, and I apologize because I know it's wrong, and I know it's wrong, and I don't mean it, but my mouth runs away with me, okay? That happens. I can accept that, especially when you're on what is 
more or less a live show. We don't edit this much. No. You know, we all say stupid things in life. Yeah. yeah. And we all we all think stupid things in life. Yeah. But as long as we understand that that is wrong and deal with it, and not then we that, can grow I mean, as people. Yeah. But not only that, we do them in a context whereby we are in a live environment, so that okay, wait, no, we're let's say we're live recording, and this will just be no, we'll slice to um the two tracks together and put it out. And that's kind of how this works. No, we, unless something goes horribly, horribly wrong, you hear every second that we record. Mm. That you get people on the te- on live television, people on live radio, things come out, things happen. When you're in a an entirely controlled, scripted environment, where you've taken the time to write it, edit it, redraft it, finalize it, plan it, produce, shoot it, produce it, edit it. You've had seven stages for people to go, hang on, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And at no point has anybody gone, you know what, I think that might be a bit too on the nose. I think we might need to dial that back. Oh, sorry, we'll throw, we'll throw another speech in. It'll be fine. We'll get away with it that way. Oh, man, I, I don't know what... I don't know how you get to that. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand how you get to that. And and even at our, as I say, even at our worst, yeah, we'll throw the odd, the odd fucking close to the wire comment in there sometimes i'll even do it on purpose most of the time i don't but sometimes i will um it's always with the knowledge of what we're doing like i alluded to earlier it's about stepping on that line yes. and standing there and not going over it yeah. even at our worst even at our absolute worst i never even come close to snow black or what colour do you think cinders are? Or the fucking cod Indian accent. This is horrible. This is a horrible, nasty, misguided film. And it's not even well made. And that makes it worse. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, I think we're getting pretty close to wrapping up. But I think whereas that we looked at, and uh, we've looked at some pretty bad films. And so particularly that Battlefield Earth being the, sort of the pinnacle so far. That is a bad film, but it was well-intentioned, and I don't yes. think it ever set out to shock, upset, offend anybody. No. Um, and it, it, I don't think it did shock, upset, or offend anybody. It was just a shit film. This, I can't decide whether they've gone, they've tried to do it to get the controversy and to get people to watch it, or whether they're just that fucking ignorant. They don't realise how disgusting yeah. this film is and that's that's where i am with it i'm so confused by it i'm confused because of that because i, I don't think they understand what their message is and, and no. where they're coming from so that confuses me and just the the film itself confuses me because the story has no point like you know here's the thing generally especially if you're a good writer or even a mediocre writer and i'm not even trying to cast light on myself here just in general you know we do critical analysis of quite a few shows and films and what have you on on this network so i feel like we're able to to talk openly about this sort of stuff and if you're a a writer of moderate ability generally you will never actually be writing about the thing that you're writing about yeah yeah your story is a means to an end to convey your message and you will realize that. You may not realize it when you start writing, but you'll certainly realize it by the end. And that is vital. That is absolutely vital to making sure that your end product means something. Because without it, 
it's just a random collection of scenes yeah and that's all this is it's a random collection of scenes that also happen to be incredibly offensive yeah and no one involved sorry step on your point and no one involved i think has even a modicum of talent save for the dp who i don't know i kind of i like to think there's a little fantasy in my head where he's actually just collecting a paycheck and looking at these fucking idiots with absolute disgust uh, and i really hope it's not a case that he thinks this is a quality product no i mean I you kind of work on you know on, on the the assumption um especially if you want to if you, you want to keep a particular image that it's it's no it's it's a gig industry you take what you can get especially for the dp i mean his for the dp he's not really majorly concerned with how bad this script is you know he's he's just going to be concerned about making sure it looks the best way it possibly can yeah he's going to be looking and thinking right this is this is what we're shooting on this is how we're setting up this is how we're lighting it this is my bit how i don't care how it sounds i don't care what they say this is what it's going to look like because that's my job yeah that's my job and i'm going to do it to the best of my ability and it is the only area where i think this even cuts the mustard let alone it doesn't excel but it's perfectly acceptable yeah everything else is the only thing to be fair everything else is completely subpar the performances are bad the script is horrendous the audio is just i the audio is unbelievable honest to god like the, the audio is is something else it i could walk out into the street now and give a dat to any random person passing and within five minutes i could have them recording better audio than this fucking soundtrack honestly yeah, definitely Ugh. yeah it's uh, it's horrible it, and it, yeah it just kind of sums up the whole film really um right so i don't think i need to ask but i'm going to because that's the name of the show is it better than super mario brothers i don't know i can't I, I feel like we need a whole new scale for this film. Um, it, it, look, it's certainly not better than, than Super Mario Brothers, all right? I, I've been asking myself over the last 24 hours since I finished watching it, I, I've been asking myself, is it better than Battlefield Earth? Because part of me thinks that it may just be. But then every time I think that, I remember how poorly put together it all is and how offensive it is. And it's like, I don't think I can compare it to anything because it's such a fucking mess and it's so bad. I don't think I can even think of this as a film. I genuinely don't. I I don't know what it is other than a fucking horrendous audition tape for a very sad, untalented, angry man. That's what this is to me. Yeah, um... Yeah, it, 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 it's a chance for for somebody without a platform to rant. Yeah, which, um, you know, do Ironically, that's get what a fucking podcast. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, we might have some slots opening up on the network, so give us a shout. Uh, no. It'd <laughs> yeah, be fun to have the fuck off. No, we're not having that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm not quite as torn as that. I mean, I don't think it's as good as Mario Brothers. I don't think it's as good as Syphilis. Um, I any every, 
one of the notions I went into this film thinking there may be an element of you no know, judging a book by its cover and that may be kind of the point. There may be an element of satire. None of that is there for me. All the stuff I, I came out of the trailer thinking, I wonder if they're doing this. I wonder if there's a point to it. And having sat there and you no, know, let my eyes and ears bleed, I no fucking no. Yeah, you could to, at this stage you could give me the super the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and I'd rather that than this. Oh, any fucking day of the week. Um, I I, I can't yeah. as I say I I can't hold it on any kind of scale because it's so bad. But what I can certainly say, look, we come out of Battlefield Earth. And I vowed I would never, ever, ever watch it again to the point where I gave you the DVD and said, do not fucking give it back to me. I would rather watch that again than watch this again. I would yeah. rather watch Batman and Robin again than watch this again. The only, there is one saving grace with this. And I'll, you may or may not agree with me. At least you didn't have to buy this. No, at least it was fucking free. However, it does pain me to know that whatever minuscule amount it is it's probably like a sixth of a penny or something but he's had some fucking money out of us streaming this on prime because he does get a kickback when it gets played yeah but and actually it's, yeah. it's, it's amazon fairly generous from what i remember they certainly were when i was setting double top up it's not bad so he's made made a couple of bucks out of us yeah but uh, yeah I just, it's horrible 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 and to a point where you think, well, no, we, so we, we made a film and it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. We didn't manage to get it out there in the way we wanted to. But it gives you it gives you hope. We think, well, there are, there are platforms that will take pretty much anything. We haven't got to put the effort in that we put in last time. We haven't got to put the resources in we put in last time. Because clearly, you can make any old shit and it'll go onto Amazon. Can you do just subtitles? That's the stumbling block. Well, there you go. Job, job for next week, then. Subtitles are harder than you think. I tried. No, I know. I, I know. gave up. Yeah, and I wrote the fucking thing. Again. I know every word that comes out of those characters' mouths, and I still <laughs> struggled to keep up subtitling. Yeah, well, we'll we'll have a, we'll have another bash, maybe another point another time. Mm. So, yeah, so I, I think that's that's it from us. I don't think it's much less we can say. Um, yeah, it's just, it was just horrible. Um, if you have, if you are one of the unfortunate few who sat all the way through and have something to say, especially if you disagree with us, please let us know why. Oh, just fucking hell! Please, God, if you're out there and you like this film, if you disagree with what we've said, please, I'm and I'm not even joking. I'm not going to have a go at you. I'm up for some actual discourse here. Please, tell me why you like it because yeah, definitely. I mean, we know it's it's always good to to talk, but I mean. To, just to hear where you're coming from with that. If you're the filmmaker and you think that we've we've missed we've missed something, we've missed a point, please get in touch and let us know because I would love to know what I've missed. I'm convinced I've missed an and, entire point somewhere. And as I always say, like, look, if if you disagree with me that vehemently as well, and if I've been out of order to you in any way, um, <laughs> get in touch. We're we're up for discourse. But fucking hell, I'm sorry. This film is despicable and anyone defending it is going to have to have some pretty fucking solid points yeah I think so but um, if you do have them to make um, go to our website ddpodcast.net you can email us through there you can find us on Facebook with the Double Line Podcast Network you can find us on Twitter at ddpodcast.net um, yeah get in touch have a, have a chat have a, have, a, have a bash whatever you want to do but yeah just I can't defend this film I can't say any more about it my ears are starting to bleed again so yeah yeah we're done with this film we are fucking officially washing our hands with it yeah good and proper uh, yeah uh, until next time see you later